0: Hi, welcome to part one of This Week in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of several Tudor history books. Now, today I'm going to introduce you to an outspoken reformer whose works were burnt. I'll talk about the death of Henry VIII's niece, Lady Margaret Douglas, and how it was surrounded by rumour. And I'll tell you about a Tudor administrator who claimed that he survived in politics in such turbulent times because he was made of the pliable willow, not of the stubborn oak. So firstly, on the 8th of March 1569, Evangelical Reformer and Member of Parliament Richard Tracy died at his manor in Stanway in Gloucestershire. Tracy was the cousin of Protestant martyr James Baynham, and his works included the 1543 Pamphlet on Justification by Faith, Proof and Declaration of This Proposition, Faith Only Justifieth, which was dedicated to Henry VIII, the 1544 A Supplication to Our Most Sovereign Lord, King Henry VIII, and a brief and short declaration made whereby every Christian man may know what is a sacrament. In Elizabeth I's reign, he served as a Commissioner of the Peace and Sheriff in Gloucestershire. Here are a few more facts about this rather outspoken reformer. Richard Tracy's birth date is not known, but it's thought to have been before 1501. He was the son of William Tracy of Toddington in Gloucestershire and his wife Margaret Throckmorton of the famous Throckmortons of Coton in Warwickshire. Tracy was educated at Oxford and then London's Inner Temple. He was married to Barbara Lucy, daughter of Sir Thomas Lucy of Sharkert in Warwickshire. They had six children Paul, Nathaniel, Samuel, Hester, Susan, and Judith. All good biblical names. Tracy was governor of the Inner Temple in 1549 to 1550 and served as a member of parliament for Wootton Bassett on several occasions. From 1537 to 1547, he served on the Commission of the Peace for Worcester and 1547 to 8 for Gloucestershire. Tracy's father William died in 1530 and was posthumously convicted of heresy and his body illegally exhumed and burnt, which Tracy was furious about. Tracy's complaint led to the man responsible for the burning, the Chancellor of Worcester, being fined £300. In 1533, Thomas Cromwell granted the manor of Stanway, which belonged to Tewkesbury Abbey, to Tracy. Stanway became the Tracy family home. During the dissolution of the monasteries, Tracy worked closely with Hugh Latimer, the reformist bishop of Worcester. And when the Holy Blood relic that claimed to be the blood of Christ was declared to be just duck's blood, Tracy was given custody of it. Tracy acted as a patron to Bartholomew Treheran, an orphaned young man with Zwinglian views, helping to support him through university. He treated Treheran as a son. In thanks, Treheran dedicated his 1543 translation of John of Vigo's Surgery to Tracy. On the 8th of July, 1546, in the reign of Henry VIII, a proclamation by the King and his council ordered the burning of works by Frith, Tyndall, Wycliffe, Joy, Roy, Basil, Bale, Barnes, Coverdale, Tourner, and Tracy to avoid and abolish such English books as contain pernicious and detestable errors and heresies. The punishment for anyone who concealed their works was a fine and imprisonment. In May, 1551, in Edward VI's reign, the rather outspoken Tracy was imprisoned in the Tower of London for sending a seditious and lewd letter to a friend who was a member of parliament. It's thought that it was critical of John Dudley, Duke of Northumberland, who was leading the King's government at the time. Tracy spent 18 months in the Tower. Tracy stayed in England rather than going into exile during Mary I's reign and submitted on the two occasions he was called before the Queen's Privy Council on religious matters. He also got into trouble in early 1557 for refusing to pay a forced loan. In Elizabeth I's reign, he served on Gloucestershire's Commission of the Peace from 1559 until his death in 1569 and served as sheriff in 1560 and 61. Tracy was outspoken again in Elizabeth's reign, writing to the Queen's chief advisor, William Sissel, Baron Burley, criticizing the Queen's use of images, for example, the crucifix. He died at his manor of Stanway on the 8th of March. 1569. Moving on to the 9th of March, on the evening of the 9th of March 1578, in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, 62-year-old Margaret Douglas, Countess of Lennox, died. She'd been recorded as suffering from a colic, but the fact that she dined with Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester, two days before, led to rumours that she'd been poisoned. However, there was no evidence to support the rumour. Margaret was buried at Westminster Abbey on the 3rd of April, 1578. Margaret was the daughter of Margaret Tudor, Dowager Queen of Scotland, by her second husband, Archibald Douglas, 6th Earl of Angus, making her the granddaughter of King Henry VII and the niece of King Henry VIII. Margaret was also the mother-in-law of Mary, Queen of Scots, whose second husband was Margaret's son, Henry Stuart, Lord Darnley and she was the grandmother of King James VI of Scotland, King James I of England, and the ill-fated Lady Arbella or Arabella Stuart. I'll give you links to my other talks on Margaret Douglas. You'll find them in the description. Now on to the 10th of March. On the 10th of March, 1572, in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, nobleman and administrator, William Paulette, first Marquess of Winchester, died at his home, Basing House, in Hampshire. He was said to be 97 years of age at his death. He was laid to rest in the parish church at Basing on the 28th of April. Paulette's offices under Henry VIII included Lord Treasurer, Great Master of the Household and Lord Great Chamberlain, and he also served the king's children, Edward VI, Mary I and Elizabeth I in their reigns let me share with you some facts about this Tudor Marquis. William Paulette was born in around 1474, 1475, or possibly between 1483 to 1488. It's not known for certain. He was the eldest son of soldier Sir John Paulette of Basing in Hampshire and Nunny in Somerset, and his wife Alice Paulette, John's cousin. She was the daughter of Sir William Paulette of Hinton St. George in Somerset. His early life is obscure, but it's thought that he finished his education at the Inner Temple in London. In the early 1500s, he married Elizabeth Capel, daughter of Lord Mayor of London, Sir William Capel, and they had at least eight children together, four sons and four daughters, including John, who became second Marquess of Winchester. In 1511, 1518 and 1522, Paulette served as sheriff for Hampshire. In 1512, he served on a commission ordered to muster troops for the king's French campaign. And in 1514, he served as a justice of the peace for Hampshire. Paulette appears to have been helped into royal service by Richard Fox, Bishop of Winchester, through whom he came to the notice of Cardinal Thomas Wolsey. Paulette was knighted in the mid-1520s. His offices in Henry VIII's reign included Master of the King's Wards, Controller of the Household, Treasurer of the Household, Master of the Court of Wards and Liveries, Privy Councillor, Lord Chamberlain of the Household, Lord Steward of the Household and Lord President of the Privy Council, Master of the Woods in England and the Marches of Wales. He also served on the commissions which tried Bishop Fisher, Sir Thomas More, and the men charged with treason for adultery with Queen Anne Boleyn. He was also one of those involved in the administration regarding the demotion of Catherine of Aragon to dowager Princess of Wales in 1533, and the organisation of her burial in 1536, which he attended. He also served as a Knight of the Shire for Hampshire, sitting in the Reformation Parliament of 1529 to 1536, and as a judge in the Star Chamber between 1540 and 1542. In 1539, he was made Baron St. John at Whitehall Palace, and he was made a Knight of the Garter in 1543. In 1546, Paulette was one of those who interrogated Thomas Howard, Third Duke of Norfolk, who was accused of treason. The dying King Henry VIII named Paulette as one of 16 men who would form a regency council to help his son Edward reign in his minority. He bore the second sword at the new king's coronation in February 1547. In Edward VI's reign, he served as Privy Councillor, Lord President of the Council, Joint Governor of King Edward VI, Lord Keeper of the Great Seal, Lord High Steward for the trial of Edward Seymour, Duke of Somerset and former Lord Protector, Lord Lieutenant of Hampshire and the Isle of Wight, and Lord High Treasurer. He became Earl of Wiltshire in 1550 and then Marquess of Winchester when the Duke of Northumberland took over from Somerset as leader of Edward VI's government. In the succession crisis of July 1553, Paulette objected to Edward VI's device for the succession, but did sign the letter's patent. However, he was one of the Privy Councilors who chose to proclaim Mary as Queen in place of Queen Jane. In Mary I's reign, he kept his office of Lord High Treasurer and served on the Privy Council, but was forced to give up his office of Master of the Wards. He helped the Queen with the financial aspects of her reform of the Navy, and in 1558 was appointed as Lieutenant about our person and of shires adjoining London. Paulette's wife died on Christmas Day, 1558, and was laid to rest at Basing in February, 1559. In Queen Elizabeth's first reign, Paulette carried on in his office of Lord Treasurer and served as Speaker of the House of Lords until 1566, when it was considered that his memory and hearing problems were just too much. Elizabeth once said of the elderly Marquis, For by my troth, if my Lord Treasurer were but a young man, I could find it in my heart to have him for a husband before any man in England. Paulette retired from court in 1570 and died on the 10th of March 1572, leaving his son and heir John with debts of £46,000. In his final years, he'd also been involved in borrowing money from royal accounts. Now, a bit of trivia. According to Sir Robert Norton, when a friend asked him how he'd managed to survive in politics in such turbulent times, Paulette replied, I was made of the pliable willow, not of the stubborn oak. A pragmatist. In the second part of This Week in Tudor History, I'll be talking about a Pope who was a patron of the arts and was generous to Jews, a Catholic martyr from Elizabeth I's reign, an Elizabethan actor who was friends with William Shakespeare, and a Tudor bishop. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.